Thank you so much, Wayne. I'm looking forward to this cooperation. So as you can see, if you move to slide up, if you see it from slide number one, you will see that we have focused on the content has to be the key. And we were very surprised in January, I got this email that your podcast is has been trending as number two in Norway the whole of J January. And in February, we ranked the number one spot. So that was, of course, a pleasant surprise. Um, so um, if you move to slide number two, uh, Wayne, you will see how we developed our strategy. We were thinking like we want to have top-notch people who have excelled excellently in their field. We want them to share their experiences and thoughts on Norway and India. So we had Mr. the Professor Nirmalia Kumar, who is one of the top 50 thinkers, business thinkers in the world. He's ranked that. And Anita Kronthostet, who is one of the top business CEOs in Norway. We had her interviewing um, Nirmalia Kumar. So after doing the front runner concept on YouTube and seeing that, well, we were received very, very well, then we thought in the whole summer last year, let's develop a podcast. Trends when it comes to the podcast market in Norway, what are they showing? And to our surprise, uh, the growth of podcast listeners have been really, really high. And most 43% of Norwegians listen to podcasts. And they typically have higher education and high income. So that gave us also a sense of our branding strategy that we wanted to be this cool, hands-on, edgy brand Demudane India. But we have spent a lot of time um, discussing which guests do we want to invite. And we also, in the end, we onboarded in-house experts in various fields who could interview the experts. So I think that's also one of the success key factors that we never compromised on the content. So if you move to slide number four, you will see that we had guests like the previous foreign minister of, uh, of uh, affairs in Norway. And we spent a lot of time because the easiest thing, Wayne, is to say, oh, we'll do it on Zoom or we'll just do it on Teams. But but we have been like, we are creating a brand and that brand has to be really solid. So let's leverage the game. Let's invite our guests to posh places in our studio and we have companies who are supporting us. So, so that has also been very important to us to make sure that our guests feel welcome that they feel treated very, very well. Uh, and we will see the setup we had. And this was a month of November where two people were not allow allowed to be in one room. So we couldn't have our expert interviewing the former Minister of Foreign Affairs. You know, what do you do? Because at that time, the rules were only one technician and one guest. So we basically had to have separate rooms and then they, had to, they couldn't see each other. And then we did that podcast interview. Right. We were also very lucky that we have companies promoting our uh, our podcast. We do no tagging. Uh, we never ask for likes. We keep a very low profile when it comes to marketing. No bragging, no showing off. And uh, because we, we really strongly believe that quality of content will attract the people for whom we are addressing uh, the topics we are addressing. And uh, so far, I'm crossing fingers. Uh, obviously, that seems to be a good strategy. Uh, and you will see we have uh, Kongsberg Satellite Services, as you see there. They shared our podcast and they are part of a big conglomerate called Kongsberg Gruppen. And then we also had a Norwegian space agency shared uh, the, the episode of John on space and, and Norway and India uh, 
and what the activities they do in the space. And then we entered January and February and the, this year, and they have been the strictest months uh, since March uh, 2020. Uh, shopping centers are closed. Uh, most of the stores are closed. Uh, restaurants are, have been closed since January. Uh, so now they've opened up slowly, slowly. So in that sense, you know, you get demotivated also because you cannot push people to come to your podcast when when people are families are not even inviting each other to to celebrate a birthday so it's a little bit down thinking you have oh my god another challenge how do we what do we do with the guests who will be willing to come how much can we push them um so 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 then clubhouse came <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we got to know each other so I'll move exactly to uh, clubhouse later but but for podcasters i don't know if you invite them to the studio of course during corona that is the challenge how much should you push your guests you know which timing uh you cannot invite them to your house either as ceo in your house or foreign minister because that is allowed you can have four people invited around the dinner table uh, but but you cannot enter that zone with your guests but i'm so happy we we entered um, um the clubhouse came and then you had another question for me didn't you so far, so good. I have no questions at this moment. Uh, please continue. All right. Um, I thought I would share with you, if we move, move to the next slide, I thought I would share with you what is it like to be a leader in Norway versus being a Norwegian leader in India? Because uh, the difference is huge. So actually, our first podcast episode was with a country head in India. Um, Bredway Eriksen is country head of Southcraft, and we had an Indian interviewing him. So we really try to have that mix all the time, gender, uh, age, uh, competence. Um, and um, and we launched our website on India's national, not website, but the podcast on India's national day. So um, Bredway Eriksen also shared a lot of his experiences, but if you move to the next slide, you will see uh, how uh, different these cultures are. Actually, there were two photos supposed to, to trend, but we can see the Indian culture there. The colors, uh, the, the way people dress, everything is so totally different from what it's in Norway. But when you look at being a leader, first dimension that's important is that Norway it's a small country with 5.5 million. It's a very egalitarian society. Um, if you move to the next slide, you will see that this is typical West and East. Um, and you see that pink uh, thing where it says Norway. Uh, that is very much how companies are driven in Norway. Uh, you don't need the approval of your boss. They have trust the employees really, really much. Uh, and um, everybody's expected to take part in the discussions in Norway. Everybody's expected to raise your hands, uh, come with an opinion, ask critical questions. Um, because sometimes in the meeting, a project leader can actually be the more important person than even the CEO. So that is very much what it's like to be a CEO for Norwegians. And in Norway, uh, the work and private life is also very separated. So I think for in Norwegians going to India, it is quite a shock because suddenly you have to deal with a totally different system 
which is very hierarchical. And I mean, India is not like this hierarchical. It is huge uh, difference between the strata of the society. So I think that is the biggest and complex issue that Norwegian leaders moving to India face, that they have to uh, get used to Indians not being maybe that active as the Norwegian employees would be. Uh, they won't raise their hands. They would not maybe dare to ask the critical questions. They are waiting for the boss to give orders. And that's not what normally Norwegian leaders do. They don't give orders because you have a very process-oriented uh, process when you work in a Norwegian company. And then, um, and then Indians also want to look at the the, the head as as, a, as somebody who's a role model, somebody who's being a guide, a mentor, and teacher. And I guess the same for a lot of Asian countries. You know, the the the, the leaders have to walk the talk. And then, if you move to the next slide. Family. Another dimension that is very different in Norway and India and probably also where you are based. Uh, I think Norwegian leaders, when they come to India, they have to understand that India is a very collective society, you know, very traditional and also very spiritual society in Norway. You have this small family, as you can see in the pink, you have your parents and you have your siblings and that's family. And sometimes friends can mean more than your family members. That is not the case in India. Family always come first. Relationships plays a much larger role than in Norway. And, uh, and um, Indians really take care of each other, very family oriented. And um, in Norway, friends can sometimes come first, but that's not the case in India, as you can see from the picture. And when you have a dinner with family in Norway, that basically means maybe six to eight people. But as you might know, when you have dinners with Asian families, that's like 30, 40, 60 people coming together to celebrate something. So I think Norwegian leaders find it very fascinating and maybe strange and odd to be engaged in all these family related things that are happening with the Indian employees. Let's move to the next slide. That's another dimension that Norwegian leaders and Indian leaders have to be aware of. Communication is hard uh, across cultures and it has nothing to do about Norway and India. You can even go to England, Norway, England, and the culture, the way you communicate is different. But Indians are very pleasing, like most of our most of us Asians. Uh, they will never confront somebody while norway is a society where you were very direct and you dare to confront hey what did you mean by that indians might find that very offensive and then of course you have this head shake which indians have i probably you also know that uh, which norwegian leaders moving to india they have to look for clues what is actually said and what is expressed and what's behind the behavior and indians cannot say no um, so it's very hard for Norwegians to really know what their employees want because they are pleasing and they will never express the disagreement openly and direct. And then let's move to the next slide. That is the last dimension I'm touching up on. Uh, what, why it's so different to be a leader in Norway versus India. In India, we have something called Indian stretchable time. Basically, it's very hard to plan because in Norway, if you say 1 p.m., it is 1 p.m. Like we have a deal today, 1.30, it is 1.30. India is not like that. It's the time is very stretchable. 
you must keep in mind that Indians even believe in seven lives, right? So time is nothing that's rigid and strict. So for Norwegians, it's important to understand that you cannot schedule three meetings like you normally probably would do in Norway, because in India, something can happen all the time. You know, maybe some relative have passed away and then the CEO suddenly have to postpone something or maybe in a meeting uh, you have scheduled a meeting to be for one hour and you will see this Indian, your Indian counterpart speaking in the phone while having a meeting with you and then the meeting might be longer. So so time, the, the view of time for us, you know, we say we have this uh, this phrase, um, time is money. Indians don't view time the same way. Uh, time is something that's very stretchable. And if you're invited for a dinner, if Norwegian leaders are invited for a dinner in India, uh, 7 p.m., of course, they will turn up 7 p.m. But they will be surprised because the dinner might not start before 9 p.m. And that same goes for the weddings. So that to adjust to the time mindset, I think it's a big change both for Indian leaders coming to Norway uh, because you cannot stretch the time here, and for Norwegian leaders going to India. Now let's move to the next slide because you wanted me to touch upon uh, why Norway and India is an innovative partner. As you might know, Wayne, India is the world's largest democracy and a growing economy. Its geopolitical role, its huge population, and its long coastline and booming economy make India an increasingly influential global player and important partner for Norway. China is, of course, there, and China is strong, and Norway, and Norway really has worked hard on the China relations. But the developments in India will have a significant impact on how successful the world is when it comes to achieving the sustainable development goals and the global climate targets. So Norway, we have developed this Norway-India strategy. It's developed by the Foreign Ministry of Norway. And the aim with that strategy is to um, strengthen the bond between um, authorities uh, of, in Norway and India. It is to strengthen the business cooperation. Uh, Norway have more than 150 companies represented in India. And we have a very big uh, research cooperation. We have this Norwegian program for research cooperation with India called INDNUR. It was established by the Research Council of Norway in 2010 to strengthen and promote the cooperation between Norway and India on research and research funding. And there are many objects, uh, objectives when it comes to that INDNUR program. One of the objectives is to increase the cooperation between India with a view to strengthen multinational cooperation and the international legal order. India is a democracy. And then uh, there's another objective that Norwegian companies want to increase the market share in the ocean-based sector. India has a long coastline and Norway has a coastline. And of course, uh, Norway also want to support the use of marine, marine resources in India and the efforts to reduce marine litter and they are trying to increase the Norwegian company's market share when it comes to India's energy sector. And Norway also want to, to support India to try to reduce emissions and meet its obligation under the Paris Agreement. And of course, overall, Norway really wants to be an attractive partner for India when it comes to the research, higher education and global. Actually, our next podcast guest is uh, one of the directors from the Research Council uh, of Norway, uh, Mr. Fritjof Unander. We are very, very much looking forward to having him as our guest. Let's move to the next slide. Yeah, uh, 
here you also can see we tried the same. Um, we have uh, we had Norway's first health ambassador, ambassador for global health, Mr. Jonane Röttingen. We had him as our guest in January. Uh, and we launched the podcast February when India had this vaccine va vaccine drive rolled out all over the world. Uh, and he was interviewed by um, uh, one of our team members, uh, Mr. Abdullah Mohammed. Um, so, so this just shows how we have been thinking in our podcast. Highly competent people have to be interviewed and matched with highly competent counterparts. Um, and I do think that that makes the episode... Um, it's like I always try to think, I hope that our podcast episode will enhance your knowledge. So um, so, so that uh, episode absolutely made us uh, reach the number one rank. Let's move to the next slide. And here you see, uh, it's not only me. Uh, I have been thinking very clearly, how is it that I want this NGO and this podcast to be run? And we really try to mix generations, genders, experts. So, uh, so um, looking at these pictures, I'm really happy to see that we have managed. It has taken a lot of time because sometimes it's easier to go the easiest way. All right, I know this person, let's do it. But we really try to like, no, no, quality has to be there all the time. And then we have to keep that social distance factor all the time. So sometimes the companies have said, as you see the lady wearing that two keys, we are not allowed to meet anybody outside the office. We are not even allowed to have meetings outside the office. Can you come to our office and we can do the podcast there? And then you see the gentleman below uh, wearing that blue blazer. He was... Uh, very open. I said, okay, seriously, we can do nothing, but we have to do something. Are you willing to come to my place? Because we cannot stop having podcast episodes. So, so I'm always trying to stretch and see, are they flexible? Um, and uh, and uh, I'm very happy to see that we have the youngsters with us, we have seniors with us, and people are very highly engaged. And for me, it's important that both our guests and our hosts, I mean, this podcast belongs just as much to them as to me. And what's cool about, if you move to the next slide, we were discussing on Clubhouse, what's cool about Clubhouse? I have been on Clubhouse for three or four weeks now, third of February, four weeks. And I think the coolest thing about Clubhouse is I got to meet somebody like you, Wayne, you know, that the world has really become flatter and smaller, that we are into these small intimate rooms where you can be vulnerable and share, excuse me, I'm really stressed. I'm planning this. Do you have any advice? And, you know, people are so happy to share the advice in this time of Corona where we sadly cannot meet face to face. I am really happy because Norway is so totally shut down. But Clubhouse came at this timing. And then suddenly we could move, have be fast movers and roll out seminars every day. And the cute thing is that Clubhouse is new, totally new in Norway. And selected people are invited to this platform because that's the whole strategy of Clubhouse, right? It's, it's an exclusive app and you need to have an invite to be, be on the app. And the app is still uh, in a beta phase, but we wanted to give the app a try of being motivated by our podcast trending and performing so well. So we started hosting daily seminars since last week. And that was a bold decision because we, we knew that very few Norwegians had access to the app. We knew that potential guests might be reluctant to say yes because nobody really know yet what is this clubhouse. 
but we are very lucky that our guests did accept. And as you know, Clubhouse is all about voice and the spoken word. In, and it adds value. The value comes when people are engaged. So I don't know if it's the stars that are working for us or if they are the gods in the universe, but we were very lucky to have 70 people attending our first seminar. And we rolled out seminars every day, as you can see uh, on the PowerPoint slide. And we had people like the previous state secretary in the, of the Ministry of Trade and Fisheries, Mrs. Rikke Lund. And we had experts on air coming to the stage as speakers and asking our guests questions. So for me, that is a confirmation that uh, Clubhouse uh, and the Modern India has been able to engage people with that kind of backgrounds. So yeah, uh, for, for all of you out there who are curious and like, can we do this? Should we do this? Just jump into it. It takes time to build that brand. Don't count downloads or numbers. We didn't do that at all. I always thought the whole of last year, oh, like we are such a small player. We are such a small player. You know, these big, big companies, you know, and everybody's tagging everybody on LinkedIn here. And then we are not even doing that. We just have this newsletter. Um, but the cool thing, I think, about podcasts and Clubhouse, people go for I think in the future they will go for exactly the content they want to consume. So, so I will recommend everybody to try Clubhouse and try podcasting uh, because then you give people uh, the freedom to choose the content they want and whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Clubhouse. So we will at least stick to this strategy of ours that quality of content has to be the key for the Modana India. So that was basically what I wanted to share today, Wayne. If you have other questions, please feel free. This is incredible because um, you have just uh, deepened my knowledge about India and Norway at the same time in this short presentation, right? I understand so much more about the culture and also all these thought leaders and these people who are doing great things uh, for the NGO as well. I think you have an incredible team who is like doing this podcast show and they are putting together so many awesome guests and co-hosts, right? I see that every episode you have different lineup for, for your co-hosts, for your guests as well. And you swap things, you know, uh, and mix things up uh, uh, really frequently. So that's really interesting and refreshing for us, uh, especially our audiences in Asia to listen in and to find out more about these two fascinating countries. So I'm just super glad that, you know, you're also doing this uh you know uh on this festival and doing this on clubhouse as well where we actually get to know each other and get connected right and then yeah. within a week you know you're on the festival yeah and it's so incredible that you're doing norway india rooms already and your first room has 74 people showing up you're and so excited, people, right? yeah. exactly and these people are not just uh, you know people that you interview on your podcast but also any average Joes and Janes, right, who happen to have Norwegian roots or maybe uh, they are maybe based in India. And when they discover your room, they're able to get engaged in these conversations and topics that you created for them, yeah?